Welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how our faith in Jesus guides us to live lives that are different from the world around us. And I'm Dan Franklin. I'm here with my friend, Kurt Bauma. Hello. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to be talking about discipleship, as we've been talking about in this series of podcast episodes. Um, but before we get into it, just wanted to ask you, why don't you just briefly introduce yourself for people that will be listening to this and don't know you, and talk a little bit about your family and about your connection to the church. Sure. Um... So I think I've been at Life Bible now for about 10 years, maybe a little longer. Uh, I'm married to Jody, who is up there singing uh, once a month or so. Mm-hmm. And we have four boys, Luke, Cole, Case, and Rhett, and they're all four to 10 years old in the, in the little Sunday school class. So I do Sunday school every other week uh, for six months at a time. Uh, I'm a physician for Kaiser Permanente and deliver babies and do some reconstructive surgery. And um, we have one of the original life groups still going. That's right. And um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons why for, for this kind of episode you came to mind is just because you are very involved in the lives of people around you, mm-hmm. um, constantly inviting people, constantly getting involved in, in what's going on in people's lives. And when we talk about discipleship, you know, it's 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 a big picture word. I mean, a, a disciple is somebody who's following Jesus. So it has to do with all kinds of things. It has to do with a lot of things that we do on our own. Mm-hmm. So part of our discipleship is reading our Bible and praying and sometimes fasting or journaling or or doing these different things. But a big part of what spurs us on to be disciples of Jesus is the relationships that God brings into our lives. And so I want to be able to talk about kind of both sides of that with you, to be able to talk about people that God has brought into your life who have spurred you on to greater growth, and then ways that you've seen God work through you as you've looked to come alongside people. So, so yeah, we, we were just talking about this a minute ago, but why don't you start? Because you talked about some family relationships that sort of set this you sure. on this path early. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, still dad's my hero, right? And um, uh, I think every every time I have a question or anything, I run right to dad a lot of times. And so it all, it started at home, certainly. And uh, that's just a given, so I won't say much more about that. But uh, along with, with family, and uh, now I have a brother-in-law and, and Ken and Mandy, and it's always good to set things straight with them, and every Sunday afternoon we have lunch, of course. And then I think Christian school and then Christian college, there were a number of professors and mentors through there, and I can remember specifically in college, I had a Professor Balma, okay. you know, and uh, I didn't know what to do, and I was kind of interested in science, and he kind of directed me towards biology, and I think we even went to the house and prayed about things and I can remember being on the chapel lawn and praying about where where life went, you know. Yeah. Um, when I think sometimes when people hear the word discipleship, we think of something you know, just ultra formal. Yeah. Where you know, where there's a, a curriculum and there's a set meeting time, which sometimes there is. But as you went through, you went through a Christian high school and a Christian college, mm-hmm. how much of of sort of the discipleship that you experienced there was in more formal relationships, and how much of it was sort of just happening along the way as God brought people into your life? Oh, I'd say a lot of it was just happening along the way. And uh, it's just amazing how I think God just guided me to a lot of friendships. Mm. And um, I think being spiritually minded, wanting to sort of serve Christ and 
sort of fulfill a Christian mission in your life kind of leads you to people that think the same. And right away, you'd have a bond with other young men in college yeah. that were trying to do the right thing. And, and um, you know, we would talk a lot about careers and where God was leading us. And, and I think I always had kind of a passion for it. I always thought, well, you know, being a physician or doing some of this good work is important, but what's really important is getting people to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And every time you take a moment to think about that, it it sort of uh, inspires you to get to talk to people about where they're at and in their walk and yeah. seeing people do more to get closer to Christ for sure. Yeah. Well, I know I, I went to a Christian college also, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I had similar experiences to what you're talking about. And one of the things, as I think back on that, is um, there were there were other, in, in particular, other men who just sought me out, yeah. who just sort of, instead of just, hey, we were friends and we would hang out, they sought me out and, and sought to purposefully speak into my life and lead me to growth and challenge me to, to different things. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you experienced, whether it was ongoing or just sort of in an isolated instance, somebody unexpectedly seeking you out in order to help you grow deeper in your discipleship of Jesus? Um, well, I, I had a friend, uh, Chris Walter, in college, and um, I always called him Wally. And Wally always sort of seeks me out, even to this day. He'll call me and just ask me how I'm doing. And um, he would challenge challenge me and like just asking bluntly, how are you doing with your walk in Christ, you know, and tell me about how your relationships are. And I remember when I was struggling with being getting older and not, not getting married, you know, I shared with him my struggle and... He actually prayed for six months, and hmm. six months later, I was married. You know, and I think about how inspirational him dedicating that time to pray for me has always kind of shown me the power of prayer, and that it brought me Jody. You know, I'm I'm convinced of that, and yeah. a lot of people know that story, but uh, that still inspires me and reminds me about prayer. So he he played that role in my life. Yeah. And uh, and then right now, you know, Eric Drury, he'll text me and say, "Hey, it's been a while. Are we getting together for breakfast?" And I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I should meet with with Eric." And then just the fact that he's checking in on me and asking me how I'm doing prepares my mind to think like, "Well, how am I doing? Like, what kind of things do I need to think about that I'm struggling with?" And actually being able to identify those struggles and then do something about it. Yeah, Eric plays a big role in that. Well, it's, and and that's powerful. Just thinking of you know Eric. So you, you got this older guy, mm-hmm. seasoned, mm-hmm. you know, former missionary, APU yep. professor. Yep. Like for me, I'd I'd feel like it's kind of flattering that this guy cares about my walk with exactly. Jesus. Exactly. And he's so humble about it, you yeah. know. Um, and Eric was the kind of guy I seeked out a bit right when we met, and so it's been really cool that he actually seeks me out now and and mentors me in a, in a real uh, sort of proactive way. He doesn't just let the relationship go for too long and then s- let's get back together and talk about things. Yeah, the guy knows like nine languages, right? Yeah, he's got an impressive resume. He's got an impressive <laughs> resume. And I think just if, you know, 
I would give advice to my own son someday. It would be like to seek out some other older guy who's been through life, who's you know three steps ahead of you, and has been through those things and has been through those things successfully, yeah. and has actually shown his his life as a testimony. And uh, man, it's just the Bible verses that come out when you talk with a guy like that is, is very powerful. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I think about that too, just broadly, where I think, all right, and. In my walk with Jesus, there have been really, if I think of the moments that are that are just marked moments, yeah. there are moments where it was just me and God, and I'll never forget the the meaningful time I have or the way that I sense God speaking to me. Yeah. But when I think about the times that that triggered growth, they almost all have to do with another Christian. <laughs> they almost all have to do with somebody that God brought into my life, maybe only for just that one year. Or, you know, maybe only for those three or four months, but just that that was an impetus for growth. And it's it's impossible for me to think of of the ways that I've grown and progressed without thinking of the people God, God brought into my life at those marked times. Yeah. And thank God for those people. Yeah. Yeah. That just moved you forward right when you needed yeah. it. Yeah, and and for me, even right now, a lot of that is revolving around the life group. Yeah, and uh, Adam, Chris, Matt, Caleb, uh, Brian, BK, you know, all all these guys in the life group, um, and meeting every Monday. We we meet tonight. Um, always is just that connection where right away, even just seeing each other, it's like there's a good guy, and he's pushing me to be a good guy yeah. too, and. Um, we get to talk about Jesus at on, on Monday nights, and just just talking about Jesus out loud is hard with guys, you know. It is, <laughs> and so I don't this, know. It seems like it's harder for us. I don't does. know if that's right, but yeah, yeah, it does seem harder. And I think, like you said, a lot of big moments in my own life were times when I was just down on the knees and just after after a moment of maybe failure or a moment mm-hmm. of disappointment like really god am i okay you know are you really there and just feeling some sense of reassurance and peace in those really powerful moments but then other powerful moments where yeah somebody says something to you i remember i was riding my bike way too much and um chris hughes came mm-hmm. up to me and he says, "Hey, I think you're riding your bike too much." <laughs> you know? And I, re- I'll remember like your that. Your family moment. misses you. Yes, <laughs> yes, because my wife, I think, was talking to his wife a bit, <laughs> and that life group intimacy allowed him the courage to actually say something to me. And if Jody would have said something like, "Hey, you're biking too much," I think I would have been like feeling like she was nagging me. But when Chris did it, it was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Maybe he's right, yeah. and then it, it allowed me to iron sharpens iron. I guess is the idea there is that it really hit me that this is real, and you know I gotta I gotta start figuring that out. Yeah. Well, when I'm glad you brought up the life group because it gives us a chance to kind of make a transition here, where you know so much of what we do through the life groups at Life Bible Fellowship Church is hoping to put us in those situations where those kinds of relationships yeah. happen. So depending on your group, you know, the the group time together may be really, really intimate and really personal, or it may still be a bit more general where, where, you know, you got 12 to 15 people, so you're talking about things. But as we are talking at, uh, at Life Bible Fellowship Church about these discipleship relationships, the first place we're encouraging people to look is, who has God already brought into your life? Probably that that's the people in your life group. Probably that's yeah. the people that are already in a group that you're a part of. God has already put them in your sphere. 
And the idea is maybe God is calling you to go beyond the more casual, we get together for lunch sometimes, we talk, we encourage each other, to, to be more purposeful, to say, let's grab this book and let's go through it together. Let's have a list of questions that we're asking each other so that we're really looking to to go forward for with growth. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask you, kind of coming on the other side of it, because God now has, a, has situations where he's bringing you into the lives of other people, and he's given you the opportunity to see him work through you. So how have you got to see God work as you've looked to take that kind of brave step and say, I'm going to reach out and come along somebody else and look to encourage them in their walk with Christ? Yeah, sure. I mean, tons of, uh, tons of change. Um, sometimes you, you, you maybe don't even recognize until you choose to look back and, mm. and to say, well, what change have I noticed? And, you, and if you really look back on it, you see a lot, particularly, I think, in our marriages. You know, I think in, in America, you know, spiritual battles remain sort of hidden, yeah. but attacks to break down our families and to ruin our marriages are, are very real and are just happening, seems like, everywhere. And we all have those times when we just need a little support through some of those tougher times. And I feel like that's one of the ways that our life group has excelled in terms of just really inspiring each other to stick together, to honor um, God's word and how we celebrate marriage and being um, 100% sold out for one another to, to be and remain committed. And so that's been fantastic. And um I think in the other ways is seeing uh, some of the men uh, dealing with, uh, I mean, one of the things I think we deal with is materialism and pressuring one another to kind of be accountable in that way and really seeing some big transformation and maturing. Um, And I think for right now, Caleb is particularly challenging me and uh, I'd like to see him go on do more things. And and then uh, our life group split and then grew um, and got to see some of that change. But right now we even have an old neighbor that has joined us that Jody prayed for for a while and joined the life group and is hopefully getting mentored and spiritually encouraging her walk to commit her life to Christ just through being neighbors and asking her to the life group. And Jody's done that a number of times. And in fact, our life group started just by inviting our neighbors over. Yeah. Yeah, just our own neighbors. And... There's neighbors across the street that we still pray for, and Jody still thinks there's going to be a time when one of these guys is going to ask us, and we're going to get him to church. You know, yeah. she's always looking for those opportunities. Um, yeah. Well, and- ju- just as you know, just as you had, we we talked about. You know, you've had times that people have sought you out and mm-hmm. come alongside you. Have you had the experience where there's been somebody, whether it's in your life group or just somebody in your sphere, that God has really put that particular person on your heart? And you've thought, I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to pursue them, get to know them better, speak this truth into your life. Yeah. You know, and it's it's sometimes I think about those times and I feel like I've failed, <laughs> right? Like there might have been a moment or a, a month or two where there felt like there was somebody there and then you would pray for it and spiritually f- pursue it and then it would just get lost and forget about it. Um, but particularly our neighborhood, I think, is, is where we put a lot of our our effort and prayer time, and, and it's yielded in terms of the life group. Um, in other ways, for me, I, I've, 
I feel like my relationships a lot of times are short as a physician. I'm always meeting new friends. I have that friendship for a little while and then it goes away. Like somehow we part ways and go a different way. And I feel like I have a lot of those short-term experiences in being a doctor. And um, even last night, I had a patient who lost a baby Mm -hmm. Um, and very early on. And I just sensed that she wasn't okay and um, tears flowed. And then there was a little bit of a conversation about, uh, well, you know, I'm kind of an agnostic. So I think the baby's with some sort of a creator, but not sure who. And so I was like, okay. So I just sat down and then right away got to sort of talk to her about where she's at in a relationship. So I think a lot of my relationships are sort of that moment in short term and then you don't see them again. And then I always just turn back to the life group for those long term invested where we keep building each other up. People who are in your life for that extended period. So seeking somebody out specifically has always been short term. It's been somebody I met, the patient I'm praying for, for, and I remember to pray for her for that week, and then the next thing kind of comes up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, let let me ask you this, just because I know there's a lot of us that feel daunted um, by the idea of God calling us to do something Mm -hmm. to come alongside somebody else. So I'm thinking there's probably people who are going to be listening to this who are thinking, who am I to seek out somebody else and and try to help guide them? I've got my own problems. I've got my own issues. I I don't want to sort of overstep my bounds. What would you say to encourage somebody that's feeling that way, that's feeling like, well, maybe God has put somebody on my heart, but who am I to go alongside them? Yeah, sure. I I mean, whenever you text me or Gary texts me, it's always like, okay, what's the next challenge? <laughs> but uh, I remember even starting point, I thought, well, this is kind of intimidating. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you were the leader of the first starting point. Correct. Where, yeah. you know, all these new believers and seekers yeah. kind of exploring the faith. Great. And uh, just got to see Brandy and Travis. It was fantastic. And I think um, the book does all the work for you you know it's follow this book ask a few questions and uh and if you if you really ask god to just give you some love for people Mm. and when when you have a genuine love for people and you can actually get so caught up in myself that if i can put that down and focus on not just doing things but actually sort of a love for for other people and wanting to see them um, saved and their faith expand and to have happiness and joy and fulfillment, you, you actually care for that individual. Uh, almost the words just come, you know. Yeah. And even my specific instance with last night, I mean, I, I think I just told the gal, uh, John 3.16, how, how hard is that, you know? And she's like, well, what's John 3.16? You know, I mean, you didn't have to be a biblical scholar to just say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And she's like, oh, yes, I remember that verse now. <laughs> and so that's all it takes, you know, just something so simple. And and I don't even think I had to say much else. Yeah. Just well, listen. Well, well, and I appreciate what you're saying, because I think sometimes our fears are when we're, we're just turned inward. We're thinking... What is this person going to say to me? Are they going to reject me? Am I going to know what to say? Am I going to look like a fool? Mm-hmm. And as God renews our hearts and gives us a heart for others, we, we get to think in a different way. 
we get to think, how might God use my, you know, if, if you want to use the biblical analogy, you know, my bread and loaves that I'm, I'm not bringing much to the table. The Holy Spirit's doing the work here. Yeah. I'm bringing my bread and loaves. I, I don't have much, but what might the God of the universe do and what great stories might come out of the idea? Who knows if down the line this person is going to say, I was at this point in my life and somebody cared enough about me to step out of their comfort zone and say, let's let's start meeting on, you know, on Tuesday mornings. Let's start talking through this book. How can I be praying for you? Or I see you doing this thing. I see you riding your bike too much. Mm-hmm. How many people's stories are going to be shaped by us taking those simple steps of faith and bringing our bread and bringing our fish to God and seeing what he's going to do through those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it doesn't take that much knowledge or or some sort of academic thing it really just takes a heart and open eyes and and even just praying for it and it and it just seems to come yeah yeah um i feel like a lot of times for me personally i think the biggest obstacle is just myself is just getting caught up in my own thing and feeling like i don't have time for it um, or worried about well, if the relationship does grow, then oh, oh what is what is my time yeah, commitment now? Fit and, in. And, and the yeah. fear of that is saying, let me let me hold off on getting too close or investing too much, and and uh, I, I'm not sure quite how to manage all that. <laughs> but that that's probably the thing that kind of holds you back a lot of times. It is, yeah, and stuff worth taking that time to prayerfully work through to get to the other end to figure out. What has got at work in this? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you must struggle with that, too, well, as a pastor. Well, I mean, we all everybody's and, kind of running into and, it. And that's even part of it, of talking about starting this with the life groups to say, God has already brought people into your life. Don't think, and I'll say this you know, just to anybody listening to this, if you're saying, all right, uh, they're talking a lot about discipleship. I'm supposed to find somebody to be in a relationship with. Don't start with somebody that you're not already connected to. Start with somebody that you can say, God has brought this person into my life. I'm regularly praying for them because they're mm-hmm. telling me their prayer requests in life group. We talk, maybe we even already kind of get along and and have a connection. But when we talk, we chat a little bit about prayer requests. It's a little bit surface. Then we talk about baseball or riding bikes or things like that. And then we kind of move on. What if we change that and said, you know what? We are going to maximize our time so that it's centered on Jesus and the growth that he wants to bring. And then not being overwhelmed by the fact that we can't be that for everyone, but also not missing out on the opportunity to be that for somebody that God has put in our path. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, they go together, right? If you're if you're in the Word and you're really praying, then God does put some of those things in your heart, and you're taking just a moment to clear your mind of all the busyness of life, to think about where some of these friends are at and, and what you're praying for them specifically. And then you do get together, and you find out some of those new things, and then they challenge you in things that you weren't really focused on because you were focused on this one thing that you think you're struggling with, but then they're introducing a whole new concept of uh, something else that challenges you. Yeah, it's it all works together for it sure. Does. Well, Kurt, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join in and just share how you've seen God at work in you, how you've seen God at work through you. Um, and God willing, this will just be a, another thing that leads us as a church family to have more of a culture where we're just, we're invested in each other's lives. We're looking for growth that God's bringing in us and we're looking for growth that God is bringing in others. So. Yeah. So yeah, so on behalf of Kurt, um, thanks so much for listening to this. I'm Dan Franklin, and this is The Christian Contrast.